And boom, right into it. Hello, hello. This is Andrew Gonzalez. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say my last name. Uh, I don't care. No one listens to this podcast anyway. Uh, this is Andrew Gonzalez here with Super Original. Today is October 31st, uh, Halloween. I don't know if it's going to be Halloween when you listen to this. Possibly might be November 1st. Possibly might be in a spaceship uh, who just recovered some podcast thing from Earth, and you don't even know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's Halloween, so what more fitting than to review Halloween, the new Halloween, by one Danny McBride and some other guy who is not worth looking up because it just wasn't good, guys, okay? It wasn't good, and I'm sorry. I was very excited, more excited than you were to watch this movie. I was, I was, you know, I was really looking forward to it. You already know where I went. I went to the lovely, the one and only, the Alamo Draft House. It was delicious. I went with my girlfriend, uh, who you know didn't really add anything to the experience. If I'm being, if I'm being honest. Um, anywho, also just a quick note before we continue. I am a touch under the weather today, so if my voice sounds weird, I'm sorry. If you didn't notice a difference, just continue to not notice a difference. But anyway, so. Halloween. So in preparation for Halloween, I watched the first Halloween. And uh, I got to say, you know, that one's not that great either, guys. And maybe it's because I wasn't alive in 1978. And I don't know what the horror scene was like back then. So I can't really appreciate it for how ground groundbreaking it is. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. But, you know, I was born in... Uh, early 90s, so, you know, I just, what can I do, what can I do, anyway, we'll, we'll proceed as if the first Halloween was some groundbreaking masterpiece, you know, if you want to, if you can suspend your disbelief long enough to go along with that, great, that's what we're going to do, so we'll say, oh, this great movie came out in 70, uh, 78, and, uh, since then, you know, obviously there's been sequels, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, which is kind of unrelated, just more of a movie about Halloween stuff. And then, you know, there's The Return of Michael Myers, The Curse of Michael Myers, then there's H2O, Resurrection, and then there's the Rob Zombie remakes. I don't think I'm missing any of them. But, uh, this new, this new Danny McBride joint decides, hey, we're gonna ignore... We're going to ignore all these other fucking nonsense Halloweens. We're going to go straight back to that masterpiece. And we're going to do a direct sequel from there. Direct. Okay? None of of that fucking, oh, he disappears and he comes back and he's dead. And then it turns out he's alive. And, oh, it's it's not her brother. Okay? Great. So Danny McBride and this other guy went through all that effort. To just make another shitty fucking Halloween movie. There's nothing, 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 nothing to write home about. There's nothing new. There's no... I read a, I read a quick review, which I shouldn't be doing because it might taint my reviews, but... Um, I read this review that said, Oh, this new one, uh, this Halloween, you know, we got some real creative kills coming from uh, Michael Myers himself. There's nothing creative about these kills. I'll get into it when I get into that part, but... 
so we're going to do it the same time, same thing as last time. We're going to kind of review the movie as we go through it, like we did with uh, episode two of Star is Born, which if you haven't listened to, that's a good fucking movie. Go, let's go watch that. I'm still listening to the fucking soundtrack, crying my eyes out every night. But anyway, so anyway, anyway, when I say that I watched it in preparation, I don't mean that I watched Halloween for the first time, just an FYI. I've seen Halloween before, obviously. And I've seen Halloween 2. I haven't seen The Curse of Michael Myers or The Return. I think I've seen like halfway of H2O, but I have seen Resurrection. I did see the Rob Zombie remakes. And the Rob Zombie remakes, honestly, not while not being that great, were much better than this because at least there's like an exploration of like what caused Michael Myers to be this way. There's something new and uh, interesting. And that one had like some, well, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I would imagine, you know, Probably, it would. it's not beyond the stretch of imagination to say that one probably would have more creative kills than this one, um, if that's the criteria for what makes a Michael Myers movie cool. So anyway, so let's start from the preview. The preview, great. You're really building me up, my man. Uh, you're in the mental hospital? What? Michael Myers is there? What? And uh, he's got this square box around him. You're not allowed to go. And then the freaking guy... Pulls the mask out and then the dogs are barking. Like they're hinting at some supernatural uh, sort of what's going on. Are we really going to get to the root of who this guy is? And, uh, those, you know, preview, you really you really did me dirty. You really led me on a freaking wild goose chase because I thought that guy holding up the mask was going to be the main character. And he was going to meet up with freaking Jamie Lee Curtis. And, uh, you know, let's let's just get into it. So the preview really... Really, uh, you know, it really, it, it, I mean, it really just gets you gets you hyped up for nothing. So, anyway, forget the preview. The preview's the preview's uh, no good. Let's get into the movie. So the movie starts. It starts at the freaking mental hospital. So, if you'll recall, in the first the first Halloween, uh, this guy kills his sister, <clears throat> and then, you know, goes to a mental hospital. Escapes the mental hospital and then goes back to his hometown and tries to kill Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends. Succeeds killing her friends. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, stabs him three times. He doesn't die. This cop or the psychiatrist Loomis comes in, shoots him, says, oh, it's the boogeyman. And then he looks out the window and uh, Michael Myers, who was previously on the ground, is no longer there. So there you go. If you haven't seen the first Halloween you are all caught up. That's that's the that's the that's the plot. There's no, you know, it's just some some guy who returns on Halloween to kill people. Um, so you know, like I said, what a fucking masterpiece. So anyway, this new one, uh, it takes place uh, like forty years later. I think it literally is forty years. I think he's aged in real time. Forty years later, he's in the mental hospital still. He's due to be transferred to some less fancy facility. And uh, so these two journalists come and they're making a podcast, which I thought was interesting because, you know, I don't know if you know, I also make a few podcasts. Um, So they're like podcast journalists. And, uh, you know, they go to talk to Michael and it's just like in the preview. They go up to him. They ask him. Michael doesn't say anything. There's a new psychiatrist there who like trained under Loomis or like he studied all of Loomis's the psychiatrist from the last Halloween's work. 
and uh, he doesn't want Michael to go because he doesn't think Michael's going to get the right care. They pull out the mask, just like in the preview, the dog barks, etc., etc. So anyway, so then you cut to Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, daughter, or Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter and granddaughter are still living in that old, their old hometown of fucking Halloween, Halloween town. And uh, I thought it was still cool at this point because the movie hadn't started to suck yet. You know, like the opening credits are just the exact same, you know, it's like the same font as the uh, original Halloween's opening credits. And like instead of the pumpkin there, there's like a rotted pumpkin that's slowly being unrotted, you know, not that interesting in hindsight. But uh, she's, it looks like she's in the same school that Laurie Strode was in the first one. And in the first one, if you'll recall, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis looks out the window and then she sees Michael Myers staring at her. And then in this one, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter looks out the window and then notices Jamie Lee Curtis staring at her, which I probably wouldn't have recognized, which I probably wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't just watched the previous, the, the first Halloween. Which I literally, when the, the first Halloween was over, it was time for me to leave to go get my showtime at, draft, at Alamo Draft House. Um, so, you know, there are some little cool throwbacks like that. Um, and you're like, okay, let's, uh, let's go along for the ride here. And Jamie Lee Curtis has been like, she's like some, she's been waiting for him for 40 years, apparently. But... If you take away all the other movies, it doesn't make sense that she would be waiting for him for 40 years. Why would you be waiting? Like, nothing's happened for 40 years, but you've become like a crazy recluse. And, uh, you know, you have some weird fort out in the woods and you trained your daughter to be a psychopath and you have a secret room in your basement. Like, what what information did you have that Michael Myers was going to come back? He did nothing to indicate that in the first one. He was shot, and then you found out that he went to a mental hospital. I understand maybe like, oh, you're nervous for the first like six months, but six months had to go by 80 times to get to where you are now, and now he's finally being transferred to... So now he's being transferred to a new mental hospital, and oh my God, Danny, Danny McBride, you're throwing me for a real loophole here. He fucking escapes the mental hospital. It's kind of similar to the plot of every single other Michael Myers movie that you were trying to ignore. And even if you're ignoring those ones, that's the exact same way he escapes. That's what happens in the first one. You know, what, what, what were you doing? What, did you write anything new? Did you hire a writer or did you just read the script from the other ones? Like, maybe it'd be cooler if he was like on the run doing a fucking killing spree the whole time for 40 years. And like he keeps fucking with Jamie Lee Curtis. But no, he's just been in a mental hospital. Nothing's happened for 40 years. And then now, two podcast fucking journalists set off a whole new chain of events. They show him his mask. And, uh, you know, Dr. Loomis Jr. Well, let me just finish the fucking plot here before I go off on a fucking tangent. So, he escapes when they're being transferred. And then some guy and his kid, you know, find the fucking... Asylum bus, and then Michael Myers kills them both. And then, fuck, I forget his name. It's not Ed Harris. It's not, I'm never gonna know his name. It's not Ed Harris. It's not James Conn. It's not 
fucking Robert Redford. It's a guy who looks like all of them. Well, he doesn't look like Robert Redford. He's a guy from Gone in 60 Seconds. He's like uh, Memphis Reigns' best friend. He's the guy in Punisher with like the the mustache that goes down to his chin. He's in a ton of stuff. He's in... Uh, I think he's in... Remember the Titans. I think he's one of the coaches in Remember the Titans. He's in a ton of stuff. I'll look him up. I'll tell you at the end of the podcast. But anyway, he's the main cop. So he stumbles upon the scene. Michael Myers is already gone. Great. Really great. Um, in the uh, in this car accident, Loomis Jr., the psychiatrist, is riding with Michael Myers. He actually gets shot by the people that find him, which was pretty funny. Um, you know, just in a misunderstanding. The kid gets scared, and he has a gun, and he, he shoots him, and then runs away, and then Michael Myers kills him. But the psychiatrist survives. So then, so Michael Myers is now at large. Um, the two podcast journalists from earlier who uh, have now spoken with Laurie Strode about what's going on. Laurie Strode says, oh, I've been waiting for him for 40 years, and now he's going to get out. Fucking stupid. So they're, they've spoken with Lori Strode. They paid her like $3,000 to talk to them. Now they're at a gas station. And Michael Myers happens upon them. And, uh, yeah. So he kills the people in the gas station. He kills one with, like, a hammer. And then he kills another one. He's just, you know, possibly with his bare hands. That's the other scene from the preview where he drops the teeth over the bathroom door while she's in the stall. And, uh, you know, then he kills both the fucking podcast journalists. The people who up to this point, who where I thought were going to be the main driving force of the story, they both get killed in the first ten minutes of the fucking movie. Like, they only, the only new characters that you've introduced that haven't been in every other single Michael Myers movie that could add a little depth or that could spice things up a little bit are now dead in the first ten minutes. Um, but don't worry, we still have Jamie Lee Curtis, we still have a incompetent police officer, and we still have an old psychiatrist. So you've still got your main, uh, your main formula there, fucking Danny McBride. Oh, it sucks because the main reason I was so excited about this movie is that Danny McBride is such a great, you know, he's the best. He's so funny. If you're not familiar with who Danny McBride is, he's the guy, he does Eastbound and Down. He's in Tropic Thunder. He's in uh, uh, This is the End. He's in. He's like part of that little group of people. He's got like the mullet, the curly hair. He's a super funny guy. And uh, I was really, you know, I was really expecting more from me there. Kenny Powers. It's really upsetting. So now the two podcast journalists are dead. Uh, so Michael Myers finds his dirty mask and he puts it on. And also, Michael Myers has, like, a 5 o'clock shadow that we see. I don't know who's shaving his beard so irregularly or if he's making those style choices while he's in the asylum. But, I mean, it looks great. It looks good, dude. Um, Anyway, so now Michael Myers is at large. Goes back to his fucking hometown. Fucking twist. Twist of the year. Fucking M. Night Shyamalan over here. Goes back to his hometown. And uh, now Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter is in the same high school. And in typical scary movie fairs that's been going on since the dawn of time, 
uh, you know, the boyfriend wants to have sex, and then she's got a little friend who's like a little promiscuous, and then she teases him about it. And then there's a nerdy, funny friend. Nothing we haven't seen before in literally every scary movie that's ever existed. And then we find out that Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, the girl who plays... She's from 13 going on 30. She plays the mean girl. She's in Arrested Development. I really need to start fucking looking up names. I'm the worst movie reviewer in the world. Hold on. Pause. Let me pause this real quick. This is called uh, post-production work. I'm going to include it this time. But in the future, you're not going to see this. Judy freaking Greer. And the other guy's name is Will Patton. Uh, Judy Greer plays Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. Will Patton plays the cop. And I was right. He is in training day. He's like Coach Boone's assistant coach. And he's his daughter is uh, the chick from Heroes. Oh, fuck. I I'm not going to look up her name. Hayden Penetier is what it is. But that's who he is. Will Patton. Great guy. Anyway, so <clears throat> Judy Greer, the chick from 13 Going on 30, is uh, still living in Halloween Town, wherever that may be. And uh, for some reason... You know, Judy Greer is not, like, the hottest uh, Harley, Hollywood uh, starlet in the game right now. But she's certainly an attractive lady, which I found a little curious since they casted a guy who literally looked like he was 65 years old to play her husband. And he was just, like, old. He looked like a fucking... He looked like the dad from that 70s show uh, married to this, like... I mean, she's she's like 40 years old, max. Like, she's not old at all. I don't know. What were you doing? Who the fuck's in charge of this movie, Danny? So we meet her granddaughter, or we meet her daughter, Judy Greer. And Judy Greer hates her mom because when she was little, she would force her to, like, learn how to shoot guns and stuff because she was always so worried that fucking Michael Myers was going to come. And then, like a sane person, nothing ever happened, so Judy Greer... Uh, just moved on with her life and hates her psychopath nutjob Jamie Lee Curtis mom and so it's Halloween Jamie Lee Curtis knows that Michael Myers has escaped she comes back to town you know uh, talks to talks to her daughter and is like hey you need to get out of here and then she doesn't listen so cue the Michael Myers killing spree begins so the granddaughter is at a dance uh, with her fantastic friends. Judy Greer is just at home with her million-year-old husband, and Jamie Lee Curtis is out and about on the search, on the hunt for Michael Myers, along with Loomis Jr. and Will Patton. They're all working kind of separately. I think maybe Loomis Jr. is kind of around Will Patton somehow. So anyway, so now Michael Myers is at large. He's got his mask. He's back in action. And he sneaks into this house, which I don't know, like the way they framed the shots and like the way they did it, I wasn't sure if there was like supposed to be some significance to these houses. Like first they would like show the outside of the house, like they were showing it as if we were supposed to remember it from something. And like, oh, this is the house where this happened. Like I just watched the fucking movie. That house does not have enough distinguishing features if you want me to remember it, sir. So he goes in there, and then, oh my god, creative kill of the fucking year. He hits the... He killed 
ten fucking people with a hammer in the same movie. It's not creative kills. He kills this fucking chick with a hammer that he finds. And then, I don't know if it's a different house or what. Then he goes and just, he leaves that house. Then he goes kills someone with a knife in another house. For no reason. Just to get the hammer. He Like, he killed the girl with the hammer so that he would have a hammer to go to the next house to kill the girl with the knife. Uh, you know, what the fuck? What What are you doing, man? What's the, What are you getting at here? And one of them was like an old lady. Like, uh, you know, you have no... You really are a psychopath, Michael. But I digress. So Michael Myers now has a knife. And one of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter's friends is babysitting uh, this little kid. And it's like this little black kid and he's like telling jokes and stuff and I just really it's just really taking me out of the movie you know what I mean I just Danny McBride I mean if you want to make a comedy just make a fucking comedy don't completely take me out of the fucking horror movie so that you can have a little kid oh little kids say the darndest things and uh, you know the little kid's like the girl's talking to her boyfriend on the phone she's like I've got some uh Alakazam we can, uh, you know, do later. And the little kid's like, oh, y'all's talking about weed. I know that. I'm going to tell my mom. And, you know, that was kind of a racist impression. He's not really like that. But that's basically what he said. And then they go back and forth. And the whole time, the kid's fucking telling jokes. It was just, it was just fucking hack, dude. Like, it wasn't that, it wasn't, it would be one thing if it was, like, hilarious, and, like, you took me out of the movie to be hilarious, because you just had to get this, you just had such a great, funny idea that you just had to include it, but it was just fucking not that funny, dude. Come on, Danny. So, the girl who's babysitting, her boyfriend comes, and, uh, you know, they're making out and stuff, the little kid's asleep upstairs, Michael Myers is hiding in the closet. So far, we've had three out of three scary parts ruined for us by the previews. Uh, you know, the teeth dropping, where he's hiding in the closet, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's only two. But, so she goes, he's in the closet, just like in the preview. He opens it, she fucking, he slashes her fucking leg, she's screaming. And then in the fucking heat of the moment, you know, the boyfriend goes... To run up, the kid makes a fucking joke to the boyfriend about how he should go instead. It's just all fucking. It's just all stupid. And then he gets the boyfriend gets. You know he doesn't do this right. We don't see it till later. But the boyfriend gets stabbed into the fucking wall, just like in the fucking first one, dude. What are you doing? Just make a different movie. It's not. If you wanted to make a fucking remake, make a remake. Don't make. Don't. Make the exact same events happen 40 years later. So now, <clears throat> Will Patton's going to investigate this. And, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis hears it on the police radio that there's been a disturbance. So they both show up at this house. Will Patton's looking around, sees the fucking dead girl under the cloth. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, in this really cool moment that I wouldn't have expected, but thankfully it was in the fucking preview... He, she shoots at him in the face and then it's just a mirror and so she hits the mirror Michael Myers goes down which I don't understand you know are you a fucking tough guy or are you running away Michael are you guns sometimes you care about guns sometimes you don't care about guns you know 
it seems like you're just kind of choosing whether or not to be hurt with guns. And right now you chose to be hurt with guns. So she, he runs away. Jamie Lee Curtis sees him, shoots him in the fucking shoulder. Nothing happens, but he still runs away because apparently he's afraid of guns, even though they have no fucking effect on him whatsoever. And then the cop comes down. Great. And then now Jamie Lee Curtis plus the cop plus Loomis Jr. They all fucking try to round the family up to take her to Fort Curtis back in the fucking woods, which, hey, great place to escape Michael Myers in the middle of the secluded fucking woods. Why don't you do it on a fucking boat in the middle of Camp Crystal Lake? Like what this whole the whole beginning of the movie, they're making Jamie Lee Curtis to be at like some tactician and like she's this fucking mastermind. So here's here's the extent of her fucking mastermind powers. Uh, she's got some floodlights, uh, and she's got some doors that close by themselves. And then she's got she's got some guns in case he comes in. And uh, you're thinking to yourself, oh shit, man, she's had forty years to get these guns. What does she have? Some fucking she got a little AR-15. She got some semi. She's got some uh, automatic Glocks with uh, thirty-three round clips that she can just blast away with. No, she's got. Uh, antique fucking uh, Civil War rifles that she bought from a fucking museum that closed down in fucking 86. Like, what are you... It just doesn't make sense. And then she's like, here's here's one thing, and this is... I don't want to get too much into this, like, gun knowledge, but she hands this guy... He, she hands the husband, the old fucking man husband, a revolver, and she's like, revolvers never jam, which, you know... Great, I've heard that one a million fucking times. But, you know, revolvers have a much higher failure to fire rate than, say, like a Glock or something. And that revolver's been sitting down there. It didn't look like a fancy revolver. Revolvers, revolvers, they don't jam per se, but they fail to, fail to fire a lot. And I think Danny McBride should know that. And, you know, I'm not blaming you, Jamie Lee Curtis. You did the best you could. But Danny McBride, you fucking should have better known better. So now, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and the fucking old man Red from that 70s show are down in Fort Jamie Lee Curtis in the middle of the fucking haunted forest. And the granddaughter, they can't reach because she got in a fight. Oh, she got in a fight with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend just happened to throw her fucking phone in a bowl of pudding that was sitting there. Could you... Is there, is, is there an example you can think of of worse fucking writing than that? This is the one day she doesn't have her phone because her boyfriend threw it in a fucking bowl of pudding. Good job. Great job, uh, writing team. This is a really great legacy for uh, John Carpenter. Maybe he appreciates it. Anyway, she doesn't have her phone, so she's walking back because her boyfriend just kissed another girl. Blah, 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 blah. She's walking back with the, ooh, the funny nerdy guy. And the funny nerdy guy is so funny and charming, but he's not that good looking. And she goes to ki- he goes to kiss her and like she rejects him and then uh, she runs away and then he's like cutting through this little guy's yard and uh, he's sad so he sits down and he's drunk and in an actual funny part of the movie uh, he you know this, this is the part when he's talking to Michael Myers he's like oh you know I just really need to I'm sorry I'm cutting through this part that part was actually funny I was really laughing at that part so credit where credit is due that was hilarious but um and it was kind of a cool, this was kind of a cool scene because the uh, motion sensor lights were on. And so he's in the yard 
and the uh, you know the lights go on and he sees Michael Myers standing back there, but it's kind of dark. Like he's so he thinks it's just the guy who owns the house who he knows. So he's talking to him and like, and then they go off and then they they come back on and he's fucking closer and like that that was a cool scene. I'll give you that one, Danny. That you're you're killing the game with that scene, and it was funny. That's see that is a good combination of like funny that doesn't take you out of it and scary. If only it weren't just one percent of the movie that was like this. If it were the whole movie, it would have been great. Um, so anyway, that kid gets killed. The granddaughter sees it, is screaming, and then fucking Will Patton picks her up, and then they see Michael Myers. They see Michael Myers just fucking walking down the street like he just got out of Ross. And uh, he fucking crashes into him. And uh, so Will Patton gets out of the car. He's got his gun. He's got Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter in the back. He's got Dr. Loomis in the front seat. Dr. Loomis is like, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Will Patton fucking draws down. He was like, yo, fuck this. I'm killing him. And then fucking fuckboy McGee. Loomis Jr. has some magical pen knife, like the fucking health inspector from SpongeBob SquarePants. He's got the pen knife, and he fucking cuts uh, cuts the cop's throat. Cop's dead, and then he's like, oh, Michael, I wouldn't let him hurt you. And then he puts fucking Michael Myers in the back of the car with the granddaughter, and then he gets in the, the fucking driver's seat of the cop car. And now you're like, whoa, buddy, what's going on? This is a fucking twist. This is a little M. Night Shyamalan twist. And, uh, you know, Loomis is like kind of fascinated. He's like, oh, I want to know what, you know, I want to get him to speak. And, uh, you know, I want to know what really drives him to kill. Like what's, even though he has no reason to think that he has a drive to kill since he's just been in a fucking mental hospital for 40 years. He hasn't done anything in the other movies. You get nothing from taking away those other movies. You should have just had left the other movies in the fucking canon. I mean, I guess Jamie Lee Curtis would be dead, but, you know, who gives a shit? It would have made more sense because all these people are acting as if, you know, in our minds, Michael Myers is like some crazy serial killer. But in, in this actual universe, he's only killed three people or four people. He killed his sister and then he killed the people on Halloween night. And then he's been in a mental hospital for four years. So he's killed three. He's killed four people, I think. Granted, at this point in the movie, he's killed a couple more, but Dr. Loomis would have, or Dr. Loomis Jr. would have no fucking reason to presume that he's been thinking about Laurie Strode the whole fucking time. So the whole thing was just kind of fucking stupid. But anyway, back to this point, back to where Danny McBride's shaking it up a little bit. Um, so now, fucking granddaughter's in the back seat with an unconscious Michael Myers. This guy's driving them to Laurie Strode's house, and we're like, oh shit, what's going to happen? They pull over. Uh, they see the they see the uh, cops that are like outside of Laurie Strode's house. So they pull over, and then just just when you're thinking like, oh wow, what 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 direction are they going to go with this? Is Michael Myers is he like going to help Michael Myers? Is Michael Myers going to like actually respect this guy and let him live? No, Michael Myers just fucking kills the fucking psychiatrist. Like, why do you even introduce these fucking points just to snuff them out? Like, you could have taken it so many different fucking directions. You know, you could have, like, maybe, you know, Michael Myers was dead, and then this guy was going to start killing him. And then he was going to start a legacy of, like, people who just wore the mask. Like, uh, or you could have done, um, I mean, that's kind of a lame idea, obviously. So, 
you know, but I'm not the one writing a fucking movie and making millions of dollars off this hack nonsense. So now Michael Myers is back at large. <clears throat> and then cut to the two cops in the cop car that are supposed to be looking out for Laurie Strode. This was another funny part where they're talking about the banh mi sandwich and how it's like a type of bread pocket. I thought that was pretty funny too, but <clears throat> not particularly scary. So the girl escapes. And then now Michael Myers is at fucking Casa de Strode. And it's just such fucking, you know, the whole sequence is like, Lori Strode has been ready for 40 years. She could have waited by the front door with a shotgun and then killed them. But she came up with this elaborate, oh, we're going to hide in the basement. And then, you know, it's just a bunch of bullshit. And then the the fucking dad, the stupid ass old man, Red, from uh, that 70s show... Goes out there to investigate like it's fucking 1981. And we still do that in scary movies. He goes out, oh, the cops aren't really responding. Should I go check on them in the woods with a murderer afoot? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So he goes out there. He gets fucking killed, obviously. And then, you know, the wife doesn't really seem to mind that much. Like, she doesn't really think about it for the rest of the movie. She just goes, oh my gosh, she's dead. I think maybe she was just waiting for that fucking insurance money I think she was happy like that's the only reason she would be with a guy that old but um, so Laura, so this chick's in the basement waiting and then Jamie Lee Curtis I don't know why she was in the basement to begin with she gets up she gets out of there right away and then <clears throat> instead of like bars on the windows she just has this really ornate glass window on her front door that's supposed to be impenetrable to superhuman serial killers so she just sort of uh you know puts her head right up against it the door so that michael myers can stick his hand through there trying to make it easier for him and then you know he sticks his hand through there grabs her hair she's struggling like a dumb fucking girl and then she shoots his hand off which seems this is one of the times that bullets affect Michael Myers. So he doesn't have a hand. And then now, um, you know, now it's time to really get the party started because Jamie Lee Curtis, this whole time she's been acting scared, I'm thinking now she's going to turn it on, turn on, the, turn on the heat a little bit, you know, step on the gas. Because now Michael Myers, now you're in, now you're in Jamie Lee Curtis's world, dog. She's had forty years to get this fucking fortress together. So now you're gonna be the one who's who's hunted a little bit. But no, he just she just goes through the rooms and then <clears throat> she's got this little like after she clears a room, she just she closes the door. She's got this thing that she hits with her elbow that makes the doors come down like a fucking spaceship door and like lock them in there. I've got an idea. Why don't you just close all the fucking doors? And then if he's in the hallway, deal with him then. Like, what the fuck? Why would you... Why are you in... He kept... This is pissing me off because Danny McBride kept including things to, like, intrigue you. And then he wouldn't fucking do anything with them. Like, that door never came into play. It would have been one thing if, like, like I said, like, if he locked her in there. uh, Or, I mean, if she locked him in there. Or... I mean, even if she, when she was in there, then 
you know, Michael Myers presses the button. Now she's locked in a fucking room with a shotgun, and then the daughter has to figure it out. But no, she's got these crazy metal doors, and then, uh, you know, she gets in the room, and then Michael Myers just fucking grabs her, and then, you know, he stabs her or something, and then she falls out the window just like, you know, just as a throwback to the first one, Then he looks out the window, and she's not there anymore. And, uh... Then she goes after the daughter. The daughter pretends to be really scared. And then this was kind of a cool part. So he finally breaks into the bottom floor. The granddaughter's here, by the way. She found her way to this fucking cabin in the woods. And uh, she sees the house full of blood and littered with bodies. And she decides to go in. So the mom lets her into the basement with her, of course. So now we don't know where Jamie Lee Curtis is. Michael Myers is looking around. He sees the trap door to the basement. He rips the fucking counter off. And Judy Greer is down there. She's like, oh my god, please no, Michael, I'm not ready. Mom, you didn't prepare me for this. And then at the last minute, she's like, psych, bitch. And she like fucking shoots him in the head. Or shoots him, which doesn't do anything. He doesn't die from the bullets. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, happy Halloween, Michael. And she comes out of the fucking shadows and shoots him. Which, I guess he wasn't really that vulnerable when he was, you know, ripping the fucking... He was a little preoccupied ripping the bar. But, get this. So, he... This is why this had to happen like this. Because now, Judy Greer and the granddaughter had to get out of the basement. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, like, fucking... You know, I don't know. Michael's down there. And then she presses a button and then these, like, wood spikes come out and trap him in the basement... Then he gets lit on fire. I mean, it's exhausting to even... It's exhausting. He gets lit on fire. And what? Great. Then the movie's over. And then... At the end of the credits... I didn't stay for the end of the credits, but I read that at the end of the credits, you can hear him, his breathing. Okay. Great. So now he can survive fire. And... He can survive gunshots. So all this effort just to make another bullshit Halloween movie. So thank you so much, Danny McBride. And then now if you read the interviews with Danny McBride, he's like, well, you know, I don't really see how we can't do a sequel. You know, we really, we need one. You know, we were going to make two back to back, but uh, we wanted to see how this one did first. And, you know, this one's made money, so they're going to do a fucking hack-ass sequel. Ugh, this was just a terrible movie. Now that I'm thinking about it more in depth like this, it just wasn't good. I mean, this is even worse than... Uh, I don't know if it's worse than Venom. Eh, nah, it's not worse than Venom. Venom sucked. But it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's, no, uh, it's no A Star is Born, that's for sure. That's, that's for Don Tootin. Anyway, so what's the point of this review? It's not to tell you don't see the movie. Don't ever let a review... Tell you not to see a movie. If you want to see Halloween and you love Halloween, go see the fucking movie by all means. But this is just to give you an honest idea of what movies are like. So when I review a movie, you'll have a background of what I like and what I don't like. It doesn't make sense to go to something like Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is such bullshit. Or like even even to read like a random critic's review. You don't know what fucking movies that guy likes. That guy could be fucking jerking off to... Moana in his spare time and then yeah of course he's gonna like some 
you know, some fucking Paul Wes Anderson movie. Like, why wouldn't he? Like, with this, I'm trying to establish a base of what I find good, what I find bad. That way, if you want an opinion where you have something to compare it to, you can come listen to this. So I didn't like Halloween. Maybe you'll love it. I thought it fucking sucked. Um, and also, another note on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if you guys know how this works. This is pretty much common knowledge. But just in case you're new to the review game, Rotten Tomatoes either gives you a fresh or a rotten score. So if the reviewer says 51% good things and 50% bad things, you're fresh, Doug. You got a fresh-ass review. So that means if a bunch of people just kind of like your movie, you can have a 100% fresh movie. Like if if there's more good things about it than, them, than bad, it's 100% fresh. But that doesn't mean that it's, you get, it's not like a 100 out of 100 score for quality of film. It's like a 100 out of 100 people think this movie is decent at least. So don't listen to fucking Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has a 79%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Vamoose with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, just you know, pick a reviewer and listen to that reviewer. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Just you need to have a baseline for what someone likes and doesn't like so that they can give you an honest review. Like, oh, it just really pisses me off. I'm like, oh, well, Black Panther got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, uh, you know, it's, go fuck yourself. You don't, you're an idiot. But I, again, digress. So that's the review. That's episode three. Thank you so much. I've got a few little housekeeping things to tell you. If you don't want to hear them, you can go right now. Thank you. I appreciate you. For those of you lovelies that are still sticking around, um, <clears throat> this podcast is it's possibly going to get a new name. It's possibly going to be called something else for episode four. And then Super Original will be like the the main like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I don't know fucking, this is my first podcast. But uh, it's possible that it's going to have a different name for episode four. If that doesn't change anything. If it does, if it messes anything up with like subscriptions or anything, I'll just leave it the same. But I thought of, uh, you know, I thought that maybe... It would be more like recognizable as a movie podcast. But just just a thought. I don't know if it's going to happen. Anyway, that's episode three. Episode four, I'm not sure what it's going to be on yet, but it will be coming soon. Uh, next week at the latest. Uh, today is the 31st, so it'll be here the first week in November. Uh, I'm thinking about doing some reviews of like some older movies that I like, kind of mixed in. To like kill time between new releases. Because I mean the next new release that I'm thinking about seeing is like Creed. And that doesn't come out till November 20th. Till fucking Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking about doing some stuff. Maybe some pics of uh, what's cool on Netflix right now. Maybe even some TV shows. Because um, I just watched fucking Haunting of Hill House. And you know that was, that was pretty good. I've got some thoughts on that. Um, so you know I don't know. But. This was episode three. This is super original. I am Andrew Gonzalez, and you are the man or the woman, depending, or the transgender person. Whatever you are, I love you. Thank you. See you on episode four. Goodbye.